Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. COVID-19, what you remember about this year is the miracle of God, the healing of God. Praise God, the supernatural intervention of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I got a testimony on... You guys can step down. Thank you. I got a testimony on... When? On one of the days. <laughs> you know, on Sunday... Remember Sunday, second service? We were praying and the word of, word of knowledge came about someone who had pains. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to read the full testimony. I don't have it here. You know, but the person has got pains for like two, three days. was terrible pains. And something like that was completely healed, went home, discovered all the pains were gone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. There are certain sicknesses that are not going to survive your body tonight. Amen. That same power is going to come upon you. Praise God. And by the time you get home, you realize you're healed. Can you say amen? Come on. Are you ready to to learn tonight? All right. What are we talking about tonight? For this course. You know, you know, Mary was telling me, I hope you are going to finish for this course. This one. It's like, it's like, no, pastor is okay. Let's do for another course. All right. Let's have our seat. Let's get ready. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Praise God. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You know, I, um, I think last year, I, was, I went to a church to, to teach in South Africa. So I was teaching for Apostle Brandon, and then this other pastor asked me to come to his church to teach. And, um, and there, was, there was someone, a brother by the name of Johannes, he's been following, following us for a long time. So he sat in the congregation. Uh, I didn't see him on time. <laughs> but he's, he, he's followed us for a long time. And when I started praying, he was praying the prayer. <laughs> you know, I just said, Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. And then I heard somebody there say, thank you because I'm anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. Praise God. You know, you say, uh, why do I pray that all the time? Because sometimes people listen to you, but they don't hear. That's why after Jesus finished teaching, he said, let them that hear he, uh, has ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Praise God. I said, praise God. Okay, so I will try to wrap up for this course, part five. And this is not to say we have finished the subject. This is to say, I want to give you a bit of a breather so we can get into something else. And if the Lord permits, we'll come back here. But we're looking about the fact that why did Jesus come? Praise God. And why are we born again? Why are you born again? And why did Jesus come? And one of the things we've been able to establish so far in this teaching is the fact that the Old Testament, which is referred to as the Scriptures, speaks about Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. That if we look at the whole of the Old Testament and we read it in perspective, it points us to the person of Jesus. So the Old Testament, praise God, is like a signboard, praise God, pointing us to Jesus. So, Jesus, listen carefully now, Jesus is the substance. Where is my shadow? Okay, so, because of television and live streaming, there's so many lights, so my shadow is, 
is, is thin and, and not seen properly. Okay? So my shadow is here. My shadow is at the back. How many shadows do I have? <laughs> okay, so my shadow is at the back. Okay, so you can see my shadow at the back, right? I can see one here. Okay, but I prefer this one. This one looks slimmer than this one. Okay, so if you see my shadow, you should know that I'm close by. Are, are, you, are you following this now? So, the shadow points you to the substance. Now, it will be foolish for you to see the substance and still say you like the shadow. That, that's the problem we're having in Christianity. We like the shadow. We leave the shadow for us. Were we complaining about the shadow? No. The shadow was to point us to Jesus. Are, are you following this now? So, the shadow is Christ. And it's important that we understand that the shadow is Christ. So, when I read the Old Testament, I'm not reading the Old Testament on how to get things. I'm reading the Old Testament to help me identify the person of Jesus. And the most important thing that the scripture talks about is salvation. You know, I've explained all of that. Now, let's look at the prophetic names of Jesus. Luke chapter 1 verse 31. Luke chapter 1, verse 31. Luke chapter 1 and verse 31. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verse 31. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, are you blessed? Luke chapter 1, verse 31. Look at this. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. This doesn't look like the kind of favor we testify about, right? You, you, you actually you know, look at the life of Mary and say, Well, Mary found favor with God. Mary gave birth to you a child. That child's name was Jesus. I mean, if it was you, you were Mary in that day, you wouldn't call that favor. It was actually an embarrassment to get pregnant without a man sleeping with you. Praise the name of the Lord. But the Bible calls it favor. Because purpose is actually favor. You know when you're found favor with God? When you're found exactly what God wants you to do in this earth. The Bible calls that favor. Glory to God. Let's look at this now. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. You shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Now understand this. And I've said that before. That when, so when you read in the Old Testament, God say, saying to David about the sure mercies of David. And that you would always have a, a, a child to sit on your throne. When you read God covenanting that with David in the Old Testament, he was actually referring to Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Now go to Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. It says, She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Now Matthew gives us something there that Luke doesn't give to us. Right? Now it says, Luke talks about his heritage. 
Okay? Now he says, you shall bear son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save, will save his people from their sins. So, in this um, passage of scripture, Matthew tells us the purpose of Jesus. The aim of Jesus. The mission of Jesus. So, you will realize that although Jesus multiplied bread, although Jesus raised the dead, praise God, although Jesus turned water into wine, glory to God, now, that, those things were not the reason He came. Those things accompanied the reason He came. You must understand that. Now, God, you are barren and you have a child. You, you, you don't have a job and you have a job. You, whatever, you don't have hair, you know, you used to be bald, and then you trusted God, and then you have hair. Beautiful. Those things are accompanying, but the most important thing is that Jesus came for salvation because you will realize that every other thing that we celebrate, people who don't even know God have access to some of them. Do, do you follow that now? Now, if, if, if the purpose of Jesus coming is just to make me rich, why would I go and preach to Dangote? Why does he need Jesus anymore? If the purpose of Jesus is so I can have a child, for instance, why would I preach to a woman who's got money to do IVF? Are you following this now? Because if we do not understand the purpose, it will seem as if God is not good to us because we're judging God on the metrics of these other things outside of His purpose. Now, I just told you someone got healed. Now, it's possible for you to get healed and not be born again. Because healing is not a sign that you are saved. Healing is a gift of God. Come on, are you following this now? Alright. So, now, Isaiah talks about Jesus in Isaiah 53. So let's go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. <laughs> verse, you know, Isaiah 53 is a Messianic psalm. But let's look at verse 10. I want to look at something here. Verse 10. Now, do you realize that when Jesus... When uh, Isaiah was writing all of these, he was actually talking about Jesus. But let's look at verse 10. Uh, <laughs> but the Lord was pleased. Let's look at verse 9. His grave was assigned with wicked men. I told you Jesus was crucified among thieves. <laughs> okay? A thief by the right and a thief on the left. And then, you know... Uh, one thief said, if you are the son of God, save yourself and save us. You know, some people can be on the cross and still be proud. And the other thief said, don't speak to him like that, he's the son of God. Say, remember me in paradise. I like the way Jesus talks. He says, today, you shall be with me in paradise. You know, some people can be in the midst of opportunity and miss it because they are too proud. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this now. His grave was assigned with a wicked man. Yet he was with a rich man in his death. Talking about the... the, the uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Because he had done no violence, nor was there deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. Verse, the next line. If he would render himself as a guilt offering. I, I needed to follow that. So Jesus rendered himself as a guilt offering. 
He was, yet he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant will justify the many. As he will bear their iniquities. So, you understand something? This is amazing. Because here was Isaiah giving a prophetic word about a man. And he's saying that by the knowledge of the righteous one, my servant will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. Many people in that day did not have a clue that who Isaiah was talking about is Jesus. That Jesus will justify us by bearing our iniquity. How does a man become justified? Because Jesus had borne our iniquity. Are you following this now? So you see that Isaiah 53 was talking about Jesus. Now, let's go to Romans uh, chapter 3 and verse uh, 24. Romans chapter 3 verse 24. And I said it's very important. You need to get the whole of this series and listen to it. That's why when we are leading people to Christ, it's important that we preach to them and they understand the message of salvation. It's very important that people come to Christ understanding the message of salvation. Not just understanding problem solving God. That's why, you know, if, you, if you're singing in church, for instance, now, well, I don't know any song. Uh, well, I know some songs, but not, I, I won't want to sing the song, sir. Uh, but let me say the songs, you know. Maybe you're singing a song that says, Christ died for me, I'm redeemed, I'm saved. Right? You see the response of people. Yeah, Christ died for me, I'm redeemed, I'm saved. Now, just sing a song like... Uh, uh, like what now? Like double double everything. I double double can. You just see their fingers out. Double double. No, but yeah, you just, because they are excited. Yeah, they are, you know, you just think of the possibility: two cars, one for my wife, one for myself. You know, I mean, it, there's always this excitement about getting things, about getting things, because we always come into the presence of God with a mindset that there's something wrong with us. There's always the next level. There's always the get this, get that. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, when you hear songs about salvation, something should go up in your spirit and say, man, that's it. That's why Jesus came. That's why I can approach the throne of grace with, with boldness and mercy. That's why I don't need a man to, to meet God. Do you understand that? You know, if we were to still be in the Old Testament, some of you would be too poor to go to the high priest. You wouldn't even have money for goats. You hardly even have money for transport, not to talk of goats. Some of you have not eaten goat in like one month. Because you don't have money to buy goat. And you know people who don't have money to buy goat, right? And then these guys have seen all kinds of sin. I mean, you even bring a goat and the priest look at you. Obina. This goat. This goat can't carry your sin. <laughs> Understanding that, and, and you know you have to do this daily. Every time you see God, every time you see God, every time you see God, I mean, you just, you just feel like, well, take all this good. Let me just finish all this sin. You understand that? But the scripture says that Jesus came once and for all, glory to God, and and offered His blood, so we can. I mean, imagine right now if you sin, all you have to do is to confess to the Father and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And we have an advocate who is faithful and just to forgive us all our iniquities. Then the church should grow more in the knowledge of salvation. What this would do, we will not say, let's have evangelism department. No, it will propel men. You will want to tell men this good news. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, some of you, when you got born again at the first instance, you went out to evangelize. 
You understand that? You know, you, you wanted people to know about Christ until you started coming to church and it made your problem the, the message. Now you are so powered by your problem that you don't, even, you don't even want people to be born again. You want to kill them so you have a testimony. Say, Father, keep my haters. Lord, keep my haters. So that I, will, I want to have something to say during the next convention. And God say, why are you turning me to a murderer? Because every time you sit in church, somebody's telling you somebody's after you. Somebody's after you. Somebody's after you. And the, mo- the more you hear that message, the more you don't even want them to be saved. You want them to die in their iniquity. You know that actually today, Christians don't mind people going to hell just for us to get a promotion. And it's a skewed perspective. It's, very, it's, it's, it's actually wickedness. And then he celebrates all testimony. Praise the Lord. After the last convention, I just took the oil here. I sprinkled here, sprinkled there, sprinkled there, sprinkled there. They just come down. My uncle has died. Then some people will not run. I tap into that grace. You want to kill your uncle? If I were your uncle, I will kill you. Do you understand that? That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The scripture says if you love only those who love you, then what's the difference between you and the others? What that means is that when you come into Christ, and I'm going to deal with that, when you come into Christ, a new nature comes upon you that even when you're hanging on the cross, you look at those that are persecuting you and you say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. How will you be able to say that? Because you've seen something bigger and something stronger. That's Christianity. Come on, are you still here? Yes, sir. Glory to God. Go to Acts chapter... We're in Romans now. We haven't read Romans. Romans chapter 3 verse 24. Romans 3 24. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Let's start reading from verse 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Praise God. So, you know that the law and the prophets witnessed the righteousness of God. They, they bore witness to it. They agreed to it. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For all those who believe. For there is no distinction. Verse 23. For all have sinned. We talked about this in in the first part. And fallen short of the glory of God. Now, I said this statement. I'll repeat it again so you don't forget. That the original destination or the original plan of God for man was not heaven. I'll repeat it again and I like that silence. Are you following what I'm saying? Because another mistake we did in the church was to make all our messages centered about heaven. So what people just wanted was a ticket to make heaven and they don't care about their life. Are you, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? I bet you, if you tell many Christians today that there's no heaven or hell, many people don't come to church. Hey, so, so why are we serving God now? <laughs> so what is that? There's no heaven. Because some people actually want to sin. They... they it's just that, how will I now go to here? You know, it's, it's, you understand something? That's not a motivation of love. And perfect love will cast out fear. Are you fair with what I'm saying? Do you realize that if I, if, I, if, I am, if I'm not sinning because if my wife catches me, she will do something to me. You know, that's not love. That's motivated by fear. Do you understand that? You should love someone enough not to want to hurt them. That's how you should love God, not to sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? You should say, God, you love me so much and you sent your son. I reciprocate that love by believing and walking in righteousness. It's not that if I sin, you will punish me. Okay, so if we take out punishment, what happens? Then that's not love. 
It's like your child writing why because if he fails, you will do something to the child. You know that that motivation, if you're a student, that motivation is not strong enough motivation. Come on, are you still here? We're going to deal with that. I ha- and I have not said there is no heaven and hell. I have not said so. You know, because today we have a way of cutting one minute clip and making preachers go wrong for the re- go viral for the wrong reasons. Now look at this now. I'll show you something here. It says, for all are sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, this is where I was going to. When man sinned, it wasn't that man fell from heaven. When man sinned, he fell short of the glory of God. Understand that. What sin did was to short-circuit our glory. What glory is that? Glory in Genesis 1.26 of man being made in the image and likeness of God. So, if you put this now... On the, the purpose of redemption, you will understand that the gift of righteousness primarily is to now restore us back to that same image. Come on, are you? Did you follow this? Yes, sir. Those of you here, did you follow this? Yes, <laughs> yes it's slow. But, but do you understand what I'm saying? So when man sinned, he came short of the glory of God. Do you remember what we read in the book of Psalm? Who is man that you are mindful of him? That you made him a little lower than God. So when man sinned, he fell short of that glory that was a little lower than God. That is why today, a believer who doesn't know who he is, will be scared of witches. Because in his mind, witches are higher than him. And scared of occultic people. If you think it's a lie, just tell your Christian brother to follow you home and serve him food. He won't eat. I put it in takeaway. <laughs> we just finished eating in church before we came. What food did you eat? Spiritual food. Spiritual food. Because they are scared. And the scripture says if you take any deadly thing, it shall not hurt thee. They don't believe that. They believe African magic. Come on, are you here? Yes, and they believe what the preachers have been telling them. Because you go to church every time and you come out with fear. And then you hear people say, in the place of prayer, everybody is suspect. And you are standing with your husband. In the place of prayer, everybody. And you wonder why there's a problem in your marriage. How can two suspects have peace? Are you following this now? Come on, are you following this? Let me tell you something. Eh? Let me tell you something. Now listen very carefully. You know why I'm passionate about this message? It's because if you constantly pre- preach something to a generation long enough, a generation will grow up and take it as the truth. They will never question it. And that's our problem. Do you see how Jesus taught his disciples to pray? Let me give you an example. The disciples said, teach us to pray. You know how Jesus told them? Very clear. He said, say, uh, say our father. A pastor teaches you to pray in the 21st century and say, pray to the God of, and he mentions his name. You, you now ask yourself, Jesus was teaching his disciples. He said, say our father. I'm not teaching you in 2020. I say, say the God of Maxwell. Oh God. Just read what the Bible said now. You should say our father. Romans chapter 8. He has given us the spirit that we would be able to say, Abba, father. Do you understand what I'm, do, do you get what I'm saying? So 
Somebody say yes. But in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, they said God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. Did Paul pray God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? Are you more closer to the Jews than Paul? You were born in Boni, but now you are claiming God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob more than Paul, who is a Jew. And Paul says to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who Jesus said is your father. Do you realize what Jesus told Mary? He says, go and tell Peter that I'm ascending to my father and your father, my God and your God. Do you realize that after resurrection, Jesus equated the father as the same father of Mary, a woman. Are you following this now? You see, if we don't cure this confusion through, through teaching, we will raise a generation that is completely ignorant. You know, when you miss a tangent, eh, when you're missing your step, if you have ever gone to, if you have ever gone, if you have ever farmed in the village before, hmm? you know, one thing, if you're farming in the village, I used to follow my, gran- my grandmother to the farm, you must know the road. And the easy way to know the road is to have some very strong markers. You know, very strong markers. You cannot just say a tree. If you use a tree to mark a village road, you will end up in another village. Because <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So you need to know markers and say, okay, after walking for like five minutes, I should be able to see something. There's a pond somewhere. And when you don't see those things, you know you're on the wrong road. Let me show you the marker of the Christian faith. The more you are becoming like Christ, the more you are closer to God the more God is speaking and communicating with you. If the more you are spending in time in the Christian faith, you're still depending on articles of faith, still depending on things, you will realize that you are far. Are you following this now? <laughs> Look at this here. Being justified, verse 24, as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 25. Whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate His righteousness. Because in the forbearance of God, He passed over the sins what previously committed. Committed. Now look at this now. Look at this. Go to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. I want to say this here. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Come on, are you still following this? Make sure you're in service the whole of next month. We're doing Wisdom for Living series, and it's going to be good. On Sunday, I'm teaching on the, the restraining power of vision. It's going to be very good. I'm looking forward to the message myself. Acts 4 12. <laughs> Look at this. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 4. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's look at this now. Verse uh, 10. Let's start from verse 10. Mm. Let's look at verse 8. Remember what happened? They put them in jail. Okay? They arrested them. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, 
If we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Realize that after the miracle had happened, Look at the emphasis, the direction with which they pointed the people. They never pointed the people to themselves. They pointed the people to the resurrected Jesus. Because they're going somewhere. Because Peter knows that the miracle is, uh, F.F. Boswell to say miracles are the dinner bells of God. The miracle is to lead to something. Now go to the next verse, you see it here. It says, He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. Now he was quoting Psalm 118 verse 22. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, a miracle just happened. And Peter, talking about that miracle, ends up in the fact that the name of Jesus is the only name that brings salvation. Are you following this now? Because just having a miracle doesn't make a man saved. That's important. That's important. Are you following this now? Come on, I say, are you following this now? You realize that the scripture says, in the last day I'll say, go away from me, ye workers of iniquity. And he said, but we did many miracles in your name. And the father said, I never knew you. How does a man know God? Simple. If you believe this message, I and my father will come and make our body in him. Glory to God. Now look at this now. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 56. Am I right? First Timothy 2. Check that here. First Timothy chapter 2. We're establishing why did Jesus come? And this should become a strong motivation for us. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm wrong with my scripture there. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. That's the scripture I'm looking for. But then go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. Romans 8, 32. Let me show you something there. Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. Okay. Look at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us what? All things. So you realize that Jesus, was, God did not withhold Jesus from us. Are you following this now? And the fact that God did not withhold Jesus from us means that he can give us anything. But the greatest thing God wants to give to us is His Son. 
We cannot make the other things the emphasis. Are you following this? It's like I say, uh, what's the thing I can give to you? Let's say this pulpit is the most expensive item on this. Uh, okay, well, let me use my microphone. The mic, the lapel mic I'm using now, it's the most expensive mic amongst all the mics. That's why you realize that even if you are in the media department, they don't allow you to hold it because that's my mic. Just few people set it up. Now, I now decide to say, hey, after service, and I'll give you the mic and say, hey, you can, you can set it up or you can do something. Then you are now asking me that, sir, can you give me this paper? Do you realize that even me, I'll be wondering what kind of person you are? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, if I have trusted you with this mic, what is this paper that I cannot give to you? You see, the knowledge of these things will settle your mind when you approach God in prayer. If God has given you his son, what's healing? If God has given you his son, what's a car? If God has given you his son, what's a job? Are you following what I'm saying? So you are not praying with the mindset of, oh God, do it, so that people will know that you are God. Stop that nonsense. Don't even say that in prayers. He's God whether he does it or not. Do you realize that if all of us in this world come out and say, today is no God day, we just decree that there's no God. We don't believe there's God. It won't change anything. In fact, someone among us was saying, but you know this thing we are saying is not true. <laughs> do you understand? So we don't go to God threatening him that if he doesn't do something, we will not recognize him as God. You're recognizing him as God doesn't change it. But then, God has out of his graciousness offered us his son. And he says, if, we've given, if I've given you my son, I'll freely give you all things. That is why you must also understand that if God gave you his son for free, you don't need to pay to get any miracle. You don't need to pay for any deliverance. Should we give? Absolutely. If God has given you his son, what is money that you cannot sow into the kingdom? But then, you don't have to say, I want to give this so God can do this. No, God has given you the best. Come on. I said, God has given you the best. Hallelujah. You know, I tell, I tell people this, right? When God asks you, when God gives you an instruction to sow a seed, it's because He's giving you an opportunity for a harvest. You can choose to take it or not. Praise God. You know, I'm excited every time God asks me to sow. I'm excited every time God asks me to sow. It's just a blessing to be able to give when the Lord asks me whatever the Lord asks me to do. And I discover every time I respond to that instruction, it opens some massive doors. But then the challenge is that sometimes people now come and teach it as a principle. Now this is the problem. You teach people a principle of sowing and reaping when they don't have a relationship with the person. Are you following what I'm saying? So instead of waiting and then the Lord instructing them, they don't hear from the Lord, they now want to replicate your miracles. Come on, are you here? Let me share a testimony with you. I, I think I, I, sh- I shared it, but it wasn't complete. I shared it when it happened, but it wasn't complete. We're trying to buy something. We're trying to buy something that was pretty expensive, in the millions. And then, the, at the early stage of this year, we had some money. We wanted to invest it. Now, listen carefully. We wanted to invest it so that it will yield some returns, and later we can use it to pay for this stuff we wanted to pay for. And as I was about to do the investment, the Lord said, sow it into, well, my father is, is my pastor. So sow it into your pastor's life. 
I'm like, yeah. Then, then the Lord said, he's also, that's also spiritual investment. So I said, okay. I mean, it was like 500,000. I said, okay, that's good. So we took the seed. I thank God for my wife. You know, sometimes when people see me like, oh, I wish I married pastor. Don't wish. Because all your money for a rapper would have gone as seed. So I told my wife, well, this is what the Lord is saying. She said, okay, let's find. I mean, it was our family savings. And we sold it. And then my dad called us and prayed over for us. Fast forward five months later. It was not up to five months. No, not up to five months. A <laughs> uh, couple of months later, maybe two months or thereabouts. We were to buy this property from someone, buy something from someone. And it was land. And because it was in a particular place, you need to pay 2.5 million. For, for all the infrastructure. And then another thing there, so everything we needed to pay was like 3 point something million extra plus some of the things we've paid. And then the person calls us and says, you know what, I'm waving off the 2.5 million, I'm waving off the 1 million, and we literally got whatever we got, 3.5 million off. Just take it away like that. Right. You know, okay. You know, you're not used to this kind of testimonies here. You're like, me? <laughs> How do we respond now? Do we clap for you? Now say salvation is the biggest. Don't clap. Okay, don't worry. But, but this is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to show you something. Do you know why I, have, I didn't share that testimony? Not because it's, I mean, we rejoiced. We, we rejoiced over it. We rejoiced. But you know what? Some people will now immediately hear that testimony. They want to invest 10,000 in their business. I say, Father, according to the order of my spiritual father, I want to give you this 10,000. <laughs> then they are waiting for 200,000 to come in two months. After two months, when it doesn't call, they now start getting frustrated. It's only pastors that are getting money. To share testimony, somebody will not even understand. Uh, do you understand? That's the frustration of Christians. All this fight on tight, not tightening is, is Christians who have been frustrated about giving and they don't understand. Do you understand anything? But this is what I'm saying. If I had invested that money, the intention was to be able to use it to do this thing. But then I listened to the voice of the Lord and He granted favor here. Now this is it. If I teach you that and I share that testimony all the time, this is what is going to happen. You're going to think that there's this special thing. There's this... No, 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 no. What is special there is that I heard the voice of God. So you know the best thing. The best thing for you to do to get to this level is go and take the six-part series I did on how to be guided by the Spirit. And listen to it. So that when Jesus is telling you to give so something can unlock, you will hear him. But if you copy this testimony tonight, your money is gone. Do you understand what I'm saying now? If you go and say, I'm so into it, even if you so into my life, I will use it to buy shoe. Nothing will happen for you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The truth of the matter is that you cannot copy these things because you are not doing business. You are relating to a God who is alive and he knows what you need. Do you understand this thing now? Alright, let's go back to salvation. Salvation, Luke chapter 19. But that's very important because sometimes people say, oh, why are you sharing those testimonies? That's the point. People just want to copy testimonies but they don't want to have the lifestyle. Are you following this now? But if you hear the voice of Jesus, for some of you, it will not even be you giving. For some of you, it will be you changing the direction of what you're doing. Are you, are you following this now? So, what a minister should focus on teaching you is not how to be rich. It's how to be close to Jesus. Because if you're close to Him, you can't be poor. And I say that in absolute terms. 
the wisdom of God who created this world is so much, he will prosper you. I'll tell you the truth. Are you following this now? Come on, talk to me. Are you following this now? And that's where we miss it. Because now people, imagine me now, I I cannot, (laughs) I can tell you times and times without number. Many times. How we have lived our life. Just by faith. Just by acting on instructions. Glory to God. Just by acting on these instructions. And that's how my kids live. I mean, I was telling, telling Samaria the other day. I think it was a Sunday service or a Wednesday service. <laughs> my daughter changed her money like 500 naira. She wanted to give us offering, so they changed it for her. And then she gave maybe, I don't know, maybe 15 naira, 100 naira in the offering. I finished preaching. She came to me here. She said, I want to bless you with this money. And then she gave me the remaining 500. So I, I took her and I blessed her. We've trained them to live this way. To follow the instructions of the Spirit. Are you following this now? Just as you are teaching your children to read richest man in Babylon, also teach them that there's something called the voice of the Holy Spirit. Are you following? So that when principles fail, the Holy Ghost can lead them. Do you remember? It is the Lord that, I mean, I think this is for somebody because I really don't talk about these things much time, but I feel God is speaking to somebody. Do you remember? It was the Lord that told Isaac, don't go for Bridget. Stay here. Right? Now listen carefully to this now. Listen carefully to this. What do we emphasize a lot from the pulpit? And Isaac sowed in that land. That's the wrong emphasis. That's the wrong emphasis. What's the right emphasis? The Lord told him to stay. Are you following this now? Because if you sow in a land where the Lord is not telling you to stay, you will get zero-fold return. So what's the key in that story? Isaac had a covenant with God. He heard the voice of God. And once you hear the voice of God, there can never be any barren land. It doesn't matter the famine. So we should train people more to hear God's voice. But you see where the problem is? We don't want people to hear God's voice because then we will not have something to prophesy over them. Because we want them to show up in every service depending on us to speak something on their life. Can you see, can you see this whole thing? <laughs> you know, uh, well, but I'll finish this one. <laughs> you know, uh, when, when did we talk about the French project? When did we talk about the French project? Was it up to two months we talked about the French project? I need to be remembering dates. So many things. The Bible is just in my head. Alright. When was that? First week of... Okay, we talked about Fresh Project. Whenever we talked about it. Right. So I mixed up all my stories. <laughs> now, we talked about it and we were supposed to translate two books into French. A book cost maybe like 90000 to translate into French. We finished service that day. Someone came, paid for the book, paid for the first book. Praise God. Uh, today, somebody paid for the second book. Praise God. You realize that we have not even talked about it in church. We just mentioned it, that we want to translate some of our books to French. And the two books are already paid for translated. Someone said, ah, and did not announce it. Why did God not speak to you that you can pay for it? 
You know, because what you are waiting for is to now say, you see, if you give to this French project, as the book is going, so your life will be going. You know, you like all those kind of things. Now, when the book now stops, what will happen to your life? You know, we like all those drama. Then I say, how many people are giving us 10,000? You now stand up. No, no. If you are led by the Spirit of God, you are the Son of God. And God can lead you without manipulation. Are you following this now? Let me say this. You realize this now. <laughs> when God instructed Moses to take the offering, he says, ask them who are of a willing heart. And he said, as many as the Lord stirred. If God is not stirring your heart to give, there's something wrong. A believer who is actually born again and saved by the Holy Ghost, they should be staring in his heart to be generous towards the kingdom. Why? Because he want other people to hear the message. Luke chapter 19, verse 1, quickly. Ten more minutes. Uh, Luke chapter 19, we have five scriptures to go. So, we need to finish this. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. Remember Zacchaeus, the short man who saw Jesus? He entered Jericho and was passing through Luke 19. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. And was unable because of the crowd for he was small in nature. So this man actually became rich without Jesus. So he ran on ahead and climbed into the sycamore tree in order to see him. So why was he trying to see Jesus? For he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for today. I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. You realize something about Jesus? They didn't say he has gone to meet a rich man to collect money from him. Because the concern of Jesus with Zacchaeus was his salvation. When wealthy people walk into our church, our primary concern should be their souls. Not their pockets. That's why you see sometimes we can make people who are not born again deacons because they have money. You know the man is an alcoholic, but it doesn't matter. Jesus turned water to wine. Because we know that with him, the church will be roofed. Look at this now. <laughs> and he hurried. And came down and received him gladly. And when they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possession I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone or anything, I will give back four times as much. Can you realize something? After Jesus encountered, after Zacchaeus encountered Jesus, he willingly began to adjust his lifestyle. When a man is saved, his possessions will not mean anything to him anymore. He said, if I've cheated anyone, I'll return four times. What happened? That's the fruit of salvation. That's why, listen, you cannot tell me you are born again and nothing of your old life changed. It's a lie. You didn't get the message. You didn't receive the man. Salvation will change your nature. It will change the way you see money. It will change the way you see people. It will change the way you see corruption. Are you following what I'm saying? You cannot be cohabiting and say you are born again. You didn't hear the message, sir. You didn't hear the message. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, 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 no. Stop the quotation. Let me see your life. Because salvation will 
change your life. You know the song we used to sing? Um, what's that? Great change since I'm born again, right? Great change since I'm born again, right? Uh, the things I used to do, I do them no more. The things I, where I used to go, I go there no more. The things I used to say, I say them no more. Yeah? There's a great change since I'm born again. You know, again, you do a song again. Because you, you are singing that song. Say, great change is not born again. The things I used to do, they would say, yeah, like what? Because everything is still continuing. Listen to me. Jesus can change the hopeless of sinners. Come on. I said Jesus can change the hopeless of sinners. Jesus can break addictions. Jesus can change our desire. Hallelujah. When we get born again, we possess that nature of God. It will change everything about us. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Go to 1 Timothy 1.15. 1 Timothy 1.15. I like this. 1 Timothy 1.15. Let's use this, the, the scripture board. Quick, 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 quick. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at what Paul said. It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Oh, look at Paul's statement. He says, I'm the chief of sinners. Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. But you know the thing I like about this verse? The chief of sinners, after he encountered Jesus, became the apostle who wrote to third of the New Testament and taught us about the new creation realities. That means there's no case so hopeless that God cannot transform. Glory to God. Come on, I said, glory to God. Come on, I said, glory to God. Let's look at God's desire. First Timothy, we'll do two more scriptures. First Timothy chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, is somebody getting blessed this evening? First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. Or some of you can take that title of chief sinner from Paul. Like, yeah, Paul, don't worry. You are not a chief sinner. I'm the real chief sinner. I'm the grand chief sinner. But regardless of your condition, it's good that we all can come into the throne of Jesus. And obtain the, you know, I like that song, you know, the, the blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. Hallelujah. It's the blood that cleanses. It's the blood that washes as white as snow. There's no mountain it cannot get to. There's no valley it cannot get into. It'll wash us clean. Glory to God. It'll make a drug addict clean. It'll, it'll change an alcoholic and make him sober. It'll get prisoners and begin to make them moralists. I'm telling you. It's good to be born again. It will change your nature. Glory to God. First, first Timothy 2, 3. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He desires that all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Listen to me, saints of God. This is God's desire. This is what God wants. That all men in the world, over 7 billion people, will be saved. And not just only saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. To be saved and to be discipled. Now this was the scripture I was looking for. I don't know why I put 58. First Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and one mediator. Also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself as a ransom for all. The testimony given at the proper time. Come on, glory to God. God's desire is that all men be saved. And this is the desire we need to carry. 
Come and I said, this is the desire we need to carry. For John 17 verse 18 says, As he has sent me into the world, so have I sent thee. We are sent into the world to fulfill God's desire. Come and I said, we are sent into the world to fulfill God's desire. The gospel should run in our veins. Glory to God. I said, the gospel should run in our veins. This, this gospel should run in our veins. Come on, I said, this gospel should run in our veins. This gospel should run in our veins. Come on, I said, this gospel should run in our veins. We should be passionate about it. That all men will be saved. Many times we do not read about God's desire in scripture. Here we have one scripture that says this is God's desire. That's why I'm passionate about teaching God's word. I'm passionate about the knowledge of the truth. And I, I, you know what? Because as he sent Jesus into the world, so he has sent us. Glory to God. I pray for you that you would, you would, this, this, the, the revelation of the importance of salvation will change your life. I'm telling you. It will change the way you walk. It will change the way you do ministry. Glory to God. That we will spread this gospel all over. That your finances will go into the gospel. Hallelujah. I mean, I say this, I say this with all humility. You know, many times people ask me, what do I want? I don't want anything. I just want us to preach this message. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I remember during my birthday, my wife was asking me, what, what can we buy for you? There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> Many years ago, a friend of ours traveled, traveled out of the country and, and called us. He said, what can we buy for you? What, can, what do you want? I don't want anything. I don't want anything. Are you following this? And you know, sometimes there is pretense. No. <laughs> I remember when they bought this car for me. I had to look up on the internet to see the kind of car. If you ask me today, what kind of car do you want to drive? I don't have... I, as far as the thing is moving. Let's just get this gospel out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, let's just get this gospel out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? We have 11 countries that are French-speaking countries in Africa. We need to plant our feet there. We need to take our books there. We need to take our materials there. We need to take our TV programs there. Are you following what I'm saying right here? Because I read something in 2053. Over 85% of French-speaking people will be in, Af in the African continent. And I began to see why God is leading us there. To begin to do ma massive things. To bring the knowledge of the truth there. Come on, are you excited? Let's be on our feet. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Oh, we give you praise and glory. And if you're in this house and you're not born again, it's easy. You lift your hands to him and say, Father, I've heard the message that you came to die for my sin. And Lord, I received the sacrifice of Jesus on my behalf. And if you're watching online, and I, I repent of my sins and I come before you and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and because I want to be your child. And if you're here and you've, you're, you're living a life that's not right, you want to rededicate your life to God, you're already a son of God. Well, like the prodigal son, you run back to your father and say, Father, forgive me, I've sinned against you and against heaven. And God is going to run back to you. Come on, dummy, step on the keyboard quickly. Give me five minutes. Just lift your hands and just pray. Lift your hands and just pray. Close salamande casoste baradia. Oh, zelamangre soste bacanda rabostes. Just unmute the keyboard there. Unmute the keyboard. Love of God. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. If this message is true, let's do everything we can to reach our world. 
If you're called to preach, if you're a pastor, don't please God's people. Just teach them the truth. God will know how to take care of you. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. This is the one thing I live for. Nothing. Nothing else in this world matters to me. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. There's nothing I want. That's the truth. There's nothing. I mean, it's not just... You're saying it. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing any man has that impresses me. There's one desire God has that has become my desire. And many will hear this truth. If this message is true, let's give our life for it. Let's spread the word. There are many sinners in the world. Why do we join them? There are many fornicators in the world. Why would we be numbered among them? There are many who lie. There are many who steal. There are many who cheat. There are many who defraud God's people. Why should we join them? There are already many. Why don't we stay on the side of God? Why don't we stay on the side of God? Why don't we join God and say, Yes, God, I'm, I'm with you. You can count on me. You can count on me. I can't reach the world, but I can reach my neighbor. And even if you can't reach anybody, why don't you just reach your own life? Why don't you make up your mind to be saved? There's nothing in the world. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing in the world. There's nothing in the world. God is calling us tonight. For some of you, it's the call to the ministry. It's to say yes to Him. It's to say yes to Him. Thank you, Father. Is this person here with pins on your right ear? Just put your hands there. God wants to heal you quickly. Pins on your right ear. Put your hands in that ear very quickly. God wants to heal you on the spot. Right there. In Jesus' name, I command the pains to leave right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we bless you. We call everyone blessed tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright? Time is gone. Listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng, or you can call 0805 888 7575. God bless you.